tips for you today about staying hydrated. I'm Dr. Moreland, I'm a primary care physician here at Purity Health. And as a primary care provision, uh, physician, just like my colleagues, um, I do almost it all. Uh, Dr. Fitzpatrick uh, and, and Dr. Young are fantastic. Come see us here for all your um, medical complaints and certainly your primary care needs. But, you know, in addition, uh, we focus on prevention. So we're here at Purity Health in Mill Creek, and the snow is melting currently. Um, anything that I say uh, or recommend or anything like that uh, is not to be taken um, is not to be taken personally in the sense of you should um, certainly consult your own primary care physician, um, doctor, um, before implementing any new diet, lifestyle, nutrient, sleep, exercise, supplement. Or medication um, uh, recommendations into your diet and lifestyle. So, with that being said, what are some tips for staying hydrated? Okay, so we've I've done one before about water quality. I've done one before about water quality. Water quality is pretty important. Um, I think I have a couple patients that do well water. It's great um, as far as the nutrients and minerals. Um, chances are you would want to get that tested every now and again to make sure there isn't any influx of any bacterial growth or pesticides, herbicides, fungicide, insecticide, or any of those other petrochemicals. Um, water quality is, is important. So um, I ask usually ask all, all my patients to, to filter their water in some capacity, rather than if it's not right out of the tap there. Um, and if it is, obviously all our water to a certain extent comes out of the tap. If it is, put it through another filter that can, can include a gravity flow filter or a countertop pitcher or a reverse osmosis or um, a distiller. Any of those vari any of those variants can, can suit your water needs, but even something like a simple charcoal filter can uh, increase water quality. And when you have taste, um, when you have water that tastes good, it, it gives at least a little bit of an incentive to drink it. So some tips for staying hydrated include filtering your water because the water is going to be better for you. Your body will be rewarding, rewarded as a result of that. And, and having, that, having said that, the water perhaps the intracellular water volume that you're, um, um, that you're trying to take into your cells will increase, which is the measure of staying hydrated. So I've also have a lot of patients that say, well, I don't really, you know, I don't really get into water a whole lot. They're like, you know, I'd much rather have a coffee or an espresso or a chai tea or a LaCroix and things like that. Well, as long as it's not, if it's herbal, you know, herbal meaning, um, caffeine free so you know hawthorne or chamomile or something like that that counts as water so even if you have to have a little bit of uh, something that's other than water as long as it's caffeine free it's still going to count as water in your body um, is it less quality than having a, uh, a pure glass of water not necessarily um, liquid is liquid um, and filtered of course um, is better than the non-filtered option um, when it comes to the seasons, everybody thinks of you know having to hydrate in the summer when you are you know, sweating or you're active or the temperature is actually increased. 
And it's not, it's really not that simple. Certainly when you're active, your water requirements um, increase, but water requirements increase certainly in the extremes. So summer, and I would also say winter. Because winter, um, believe it or not, it's, it's really dry outside, you know? I mean, you may see snow on the ground or what, what's left of snow on the ground. You may see, um, um, certainly here in the Pacific Northwest, a lot of rainfall and things like that. But just because there's moisture in the air doesn't mean there's not a net drying effect. We have to take into consideration our um, uh, residencies and heating, you know, our, our heating. So the, the heating in where I live, it makes it like the desert. I mean, humidity is like 48%. I mean, my mouth is drying out every, you know, five to 10 minutes. So that actually is another uh, way to <laughs> increase your water, but increasing your water consumption and staying hydrating during the winter, I think is almost just as important as it is during the summer. In the summer, we really notice that we're actually getting dehydrated in a variety of reasons, whether we're sweating or, I mean, it's just a great way to cool down. But in the winter, we're actually getting a lot. Uh, a lot of water is leaving our body as well, just because of the different variations in uh, environment. Also going to, uh, to extremes, if it's really cool outside, going to a really warm inside to those contrasts, it can kind of get away from us. Um, people will say to me, um, if you're purifying your water too much, such as reverse osmosis or distillation, how, I mean, you know, it, it, your water is what they would say dead, you know, it doesn't really have any of the quote unquote minerals that it does in nature. And they do have a certain extent, but I find that most of the minerals that um, fortify the body come from our foods. Um, not that water doesn't have any minerals, but people are concerned that not having those quote unquote electrolytes in there will impede the cells from uh, taking that water internally into them, therefore affecting the overall level of hydration. And to a certain extent, they have a point. Um, a lot of patients that I have that are athletes, um, of course, you know, uh, a little, a little sugar in an, in an electrolyte tablet, uh, electrolyte tablet, a little bit of sugar. Um, alternative sweeteners, um, they're good for what they're for. Obviously, they aren't adding anything to the waistline. But uh, a little bit of sugar, which you know, some of the major brands that have all those wonderful chemical colorants in it do have an aspect of sugar in them because sugar will, in fact, help those minerals cross that um, uh, cell uh, membrane into the cells and therefore increase hydration. So um, another alternative uh, to some of the conventional um, hydrating thirst quencher uh, formulas would be simply coconut water. And you'd kind of have to taste your way through that because not all coconut waters are created equal. You'd certainly buy um, I think they're Thai coconuts. They're the sweetest. They're delicious, actually. Um, uh, crack one of those open. They're you know you can get them organic, two twenty-five, two fifty, uh, depending on where you're at. And um, the water in there is actually really good. Super hydrating. A lot of a lot of minerals in there, especially potassium. Um, and then I thought I'd throw a curveball in here too. So um, hydration is is a lot of things. Um, a lot of people. Um, will spend money on water machines. And 
you know, to each their own. People have varying results, right? Well, um, I often tell patients when it comes to water, um, because I'll look at labs and look at and see if they're in fact hydrated. Um, one thing that you that one could do, not you, but one could do, is um, buy a 100% copper spoon. They're very expensive. I find them $20 on everybody's um, favorite on major online retailer, whoever that might be. Um, solid, not just a, a plated, but a solid um, copper spoon. Anyway, slowly rotating that counterclockwise in, and I wish I had a visual aid for that as far as the spoon, counterclockwise in a vessel, could be any vessel of water, but um, um, certainly a water bottle or even a tumbler or anything like that will suffice for a minute, minute and a half. Not only are you introducing kinetic energy in there from movement, but you're also introducing um, ionic energy because there's, there's minimal amounts of copper ions uh, leaving that spoon. And what that does is that quote unquote structures the water. And uh, the water being structured, there's you know, certainly debate back and forth about, you know, is water structurable and things like that. Well, we certainly know that water molecules are a polarized ion, so at times they can be, you know, net charged relatively positive or net charged relatively negative. So that's what allows the water to flow. Anyways, by doing that, the negatively charged water that is create that is created by doing that you also have positive charges will be uh, uh, better absorbed into the body by the aquaporins or the water pores on the cell surface which are positively charged so positive is going to attract negative and you would eventually um, theoretically um, increase your absorption so if you would set up this little experiment in the um, comfort of your own living uh, dwelling. You could actually take two cups of water. One could be, you know, just whatever. Um, just make sure they're, you know, both whatever it is, whether it's uh, countertop, distilled, or reverse osmosis. Stir one with a spoon counterclockwise. I guess it matters in the northern hemisphere to go counterclockwise. And it would be the opposite in the southern hemisphere. Anyway, um, try the regular water. Uh, that hasn't been stirred and you know if it's cold if you like your water cold you can feel it kind of trickle down the esophagus hit the stomach you know just like your first drink in the morning then try it with that one that has the the water that has actually had that stirring of that and what you'll notice is by drinking that you'll experience a dryness um, a dryness in the mouth even drink, drinking the same quantity of water and there will be a reluctance of that water to actually travel down the esophagus and into the stomach because it becomes so hyper absorbable. Uh, it's really, really wild. Um, I would really like to conduct an experiment and do um, what's called a bioimpedance analysis where people are, are holding a, these electrodes in the, you know, in the gym, in gyms, I should say, and it measures lean muscle mass, fat mass, intracellular water volume, extracellular and be able to conduct an, an experiment to see if that simple copper spoon um, rotated in a counterclockwise direction could actually increase hydration. Um, my bet, at least my hypothesis, is that it really could change that. Um, but at the same time, I like to drink water and have it feel it go down and hit my stomach too. So don't, you know, I don't 
certainly don't recommend exclusively doing them, but I do think uh, if you have quality water, it can certainly increase the hydration. Um, if anybody has any questions, please ask. So um, stay hydrated. Having something like this, you know, dragging around with you, I have this on my desk, seeing patients um, at home and stuff like that, that constantly reminds me as a reminder to say, hey, by the way, and does it get away from me from time to time? Sure, it happens to the best of us, but having something that is readily accessible that has water worth drinking in it can kind of remind you to be able to, oh, hey, I need to stand top of that. The other thing I want to say briefly <clears throat> is that, um, Jessica, do we have any questions? Uh, post them on Teams if you would. Um, the other thing that I want to say too is if you have uh, a cup of coffee per se, let's say it's drip, we don't want to do any of that espresso business. Um, let's say it's drip, eight ounces of drip, okay? Um, that will take away eight ounces of water, okay? So eight ounces of drip will equates to eight ounces of water. So those basically cancel out and it's like you haven't drank any water for the day, okay? Because that caffeine in there is a diuretic. So another way to stay hydrated is if you're going to have um, caffeine and there's nothing wrong with a little bit here and there, do as you like, um, what's equivalent to a cup of coffee or a cup of tea that's caffeinated will be, you'll have to actually drink double. So eight ounces of drip compared to eight ounces of water. To start with your water for the day, you'd have to actually drink 16 ounces to actually have, be in the, uh, what they call in the, in the red, or in the black, I should say. I got a question here, this is fantastic. All right, what is the best water to purchase or best filter? Oh, good one. I'm a big fan of reverse osmosis filters. Um, Brita and those guys, um, they really do a lot. Some people do, um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, Berkey, B-E-R-K-E-Y water filters. I've read some good results on Berkey water filters. Some do the pure, the P-U-R. Um, they fasten it to the spigot of the, uh, of the faucet and those can actually do things. I think it's just smart to be mindful to be able to change your filter semi-regularly. Reverse osmosis is good water. There's just usually so many steps and so many filters are involved. If one filter goes bad, how do we know that that's, that the water, first that the water's getting filtered correctly or that that filter being bad isn't harming the filtration further down the, you know, down the line in a five, four, five, six uh, step filtration process. Um, uh, Water-wise, does distillers, countertop distillers? Um, I'm just trying to throw out all brands since I, you know, a lot of brands since I threw out a brand. Um, it depends on what level you want to go and what level you want to take it to. Um, I'm a big fan of reverse osmosis water. I'm not so big of a fan of alkaline water just because I don't buy it. I don't buy the science. Uh, <laughs> I don't buy the purported science behind it. Reverse osmosis, distilled water, um, spring water. You know, spring water's pretty good too. It, uh, just kind of avoid the cloudy plastic that they come in. Um, the clearer the plastic, the quote unquote better, or I should say the less bad uh, for you. So if that kind of gives you an idea, um, the world's your oyster in that regard. So excellent, excellent question. Boy, you know, my listeners are thinkers. Anyway, I hope you have a great rest of your week and weekend, and we'll see you next week for uh, another subject. Take care. Thanks.